The Final Furlong Podcast is sponsored by Unibet. Sign up now using code ATR-30 to get your welcome offer. BeGambleAware.org. 18 plus. The Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Thanks for downloading the Final Furlong Podcast, and we've made it, or at least I hope we have, to day four of Cheltenham 18. And this should be a fantastic, fantastic day, and what a way to round it off in the company of At The Races Pundit. Kevin Blake. Hello. It's the return of Tony Keenan. Good evening, everyone. And it's the return... Oh, should I say... I'm sorry, I almost made a mistake there. It's the return of the Irish Times, Tony Keenan. Yes, don't you never mind your own social media nonsense, lads. Print journalism is where it's at. Ah, stop. No. <laughs> sure, everybody's buying papers nowadays. That's what I, it's all I about. I have got the tiniest little piece in the Irish Times for the days this week, and I'll probably just be plagiarizing the horse stuff and tipping all along. But I will try and get a look at these, these handicaps afresh and try to find one or two. So hope, hopefully, if anyone wants to read that, you know where to find it. Enjoy it, Tony. The print game's dying. <laughs> <laughs> and the Irish Times is available on all good shops and some rubbish ones. Don't blog well. them. <laughs> We're a digital medium. Are they not paying us now? Well, oh, okay. Right, fair enough. <laughs> And it's also the return of Paul Nichols' assistant trainer, Harry Derham. Harry, welcome back to the show. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. So the time for talking is over, as Kevin Blake has said regarding Tiger Roll. Of course, then Gordon Elliott comes out and actually says the cause of causes is his best chance of winning the race. And the cause of causes would have a much better chance in the ground. And Tiger Roll may as well stay at home on that. We may as well delete all the podcasts earlier in the week. Like, (laughs) there's a total change. Do you pair of boys realise that Gordon Elliott doesn't even train these two horses? Like? <laughs> they, they are like number 49 and 50 on his pecking order and there's, it's probably like the fourth assistant trainer who's looking after him and he doesn't care who a bloody cross <laughs> I guarantee you that man cares about cause of causes and he's probably number one to work every single morning. I'd say Gordon. And number I'd say, two I'd is say, Sam Crow. I'd say Gordon sleeps at night with Tiger Roll. I, 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 I no. <laughs> Wait, wait, you know what? Maybe he does. <laughs> but he wakes up and cuts, cuts. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, Harry, the time for talking is over. Uh, I presume at this stage, as Kevin Blake was saying to you off air, now you just want to get on with it. Uh, yeah, pretty well. They all worked uh, yesterday morning. So now it's just just want, want to get it started now. What about that, Harry? Now, they, they all did their last... Well, I assume it wasn't their last real fast bit of work, but um, knowing the role that you have, the, the, the would say... The morning after their their last serious bit, I'd say that that's a nervous walk around the yard. Yeah, I suppose these last couple of weeks are always a bit nervous because you're just kind of hoping that everything goes right and that everything stays sound. And um, so they all work Saturday; they're all fine today. Um, the Tuesday and Wednesday runners are pretty well there now, and the Thursday and Fridays we'll do another piece um, next week. Uh, good, because as we've seen this week, I suppose we've had, um, God, it seems like more more than a few in in just recent days have dropped out. You yeah. know, Nicky dropped the bombshell last night in our Cheltenham preview live in Sandown that on the blind side was out. Yeah, you know, and, and that's it. It's last serious bit of work, yeah. and um, and bang, they're they're being trained to the minute. What, and uh, just for anybody who didn't see the preview, and it is available on on the Sandown <sighs> Facebook page and and the Sandown Twitter page. <laughs> um, <laughs> It, no, this, I'm, I'm saying this for a reason, right? Lamy oh. Surge, what's his target? Uh, he's been he's, he's been switched, isn't he? He's going for the stairs? Is that right? What do you mean he's been switched? He was always going for the stairs. 
There was talk he was going for the Ryanair, or was he? I don't know. So Anthony Bromley rang Nicky Henderson. Nicky told this story last night. Rang Anthony. Anthony Bromley rings him. He starts looking around the room. Is Anthony here? He's going to have a go at him. So rang him last week, said, oh, we're going to switch. We're going to go for the Ryanair. And he goes, right. So we schooled him over fences Saturday morning. And then when he was coming to the track at Sandown, <laughs> he rang him again and said, actually, no, we're going to go for the stairs hurdle. <laughs> Come on, man. Owners. <laughs> oh, and Simon Munir and Isaac Sweet. What, 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 what does that have to do with anything? It's the fact that things can change so last minute. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, We're talking about horses getting hurt in their last bit of work. Um, and on the blind side, <laughs> out. Jesus. Out. What are this fella's drunk? That's a useful <laughs> piece of information there that Nicky Henderson didn't have to say, and he did. There's uh, a time and a place for Lammy Surge information. Yes, and it's day four of Chelsea. <laughs> oh, <stop. laughs> Jesus, move on, move on. So Nikki has got Apple Shakira and sounds very, very confident about him and the, about her even, unless she's had a sex change. And uh, there's every reason to see why, Harry. She's been really impressive and she only knows one race course and that's this. She has, yeah. And I love how Barry's been taken with her. Like I've had a couple of chats, like a uh, few occasions he's ridden for us later in the day after he's ridden her and he loves her. Um, like she looks, I think, on, on slower ground, I think they'll be even more confident, to be honest with you. Um, she's looked very good, and she'll be very hard to beat, for sure. Yeah, I think that's key, Harry, isn't it? The, the fact that there, it looks likely that we're going to be certainly on the soft. It's probably going to be softer than good to soft. Yeah. And, and she yeah. does lift her knee. She's got plenty of form on that type of ground. Um, she looks rock solid to me, lads. She really does. That's going to affect Radishian as well. Her big market move her won't be ideal, more, more of a flat sort. Yes, you know, that's exactly the thing. So it's going to play to her strengths, but it's going to take him out of his comfort zone. I think so. I, c I can see her being a stayer in the making if she, if she just settles down a small bit. But uh, what's, what's been most significant, I think the thing we learned about her the last day, more so than anything, is that her jumping is steadily improving. Hmm. And uh, yeah, she looks rock solid to me now. And in what could well be a, a right test of stamina. Um, she's definitely the one I'm with there. Okay, so Apple Shakira for Kevin. Uh, is Apple Shakira your selection, Harry? Uh, she is, but I can I just make a case for a decent each way chance? No. At one sixteen to one. No. Of course you can. That's why we have you on the show. What's the story? Uh, it's a horse called Sussex Ranger. Ah, uh, Gary Moore's uh, horse. Not good enough to win, I'm sure. However, um, I was very impressed with him at Sandown when he won. He galloped up that hill really well. I think two mile one on easy ground um, will, will suit him well. When he got beat at Chepstow last time, it was quite a slowly run race. And Jamie uh, followed the horse that made the run in that day. Um, and then they kind of sprinted after the second last. But I think a more... Um, solid run race would suit him well and just at 16 to 1 I thought he might he might run into a place okay. I like that I like that angle that could be a straight forecast there Apple Shakira and Sussex Ranger hey but you haven't heard from the King of Cavan yet oh here we go it's coming folks Tony Keenan get day 4 off to a flyer oh just a throw a spanner in the works I'm going to go against the two lads here um, I think Apple Shakira has been a bit a bit too short all year um, she's always been a two or three ticks short and she should be and she still is um, it's connections a little bit and it's breeding another little bit so we happy and she's winning all the Cheltenham races obviously I'm happy enough taking her on I don't think she's achieved anything much more than another two or three in the field um, I like Willie's horse Mr. Adjudicator um, Savage effort in the clock the last day we all know he's, he was quicker than Sam Crow and so on wouldn't be using that necessarily to stick to beat Sam Crow but 
using as a positive on Mr. Judicator. Um, I thought he was getting further and further clear of far class at the lane. So chance him. And I also think Nicky Henderson's other horse is overpriced. We have a dream. Um, he just seems to win races regardless of how they run. Slow pace, fast pace, soft ground, decent ground. And I think he's just been a little bit underestimated. Um, get the impression that Musselburgh, he was left a little bit short for that. And he, he, he won that well, even though he was well from the back of the last stuff. So. Two of those, please, for me. Well, I was sitting beside Nicky last night and he gave him a really big shout. <laughs> a really big shout. So How many times are you going to mention that? this through the night now? Uh, Nicky, I, I was sitting beside Nicky last Nicky, night. Nicky's a great friend of mine. Can I just say, <laughs> can I just say a huge thank you to uh, one of our listeners? <laughs> you give him a name check. So, he did a big job with this. So this now this is now, so so I've seen an awful lot of editing over the years on the tweet machine, right? <laughs> this is one of the I didn't expect this. This is one of the best pieces of editing I have ever seen. Darth Monty on the tweet machine. Darth underscore Monty says, "All credit to you, but the more I hear Nikki, the more I think you've nailed that impression. I wish you well." Go on to that man's timeline and have a look at what he did. He produced a piece of absolute genius. And I just have a quick one, just to counter back to what Tony was saying there about Mr. Adjudicator. Just uh, nothing against the horse, but just to highlight something, an odd one here in Willie Mullins and st- some of his horse selections, which are a bit mad. You know, we were we were saying last this time last year. Remember Bunk Off Early? And I think he was the well, he's still around, obviously, but he was one of the first ever. I think he might have been the first son of Zebedee to win over hurdles. That's right. And Willie paid a good few quid for him and took a, re- a chance that you know most trainers wouldn't have dreamed of taking just on account of the sire. And Mr. Adjudicator is by Camacho, you know, a sprinter who breeds a heap yeah. of two-year-old sprinters and has had a handful of hurdlers, but none of them really any good. And uh, he goes, and I don't know what he paid for this horse. It probably wasn't a fortune, to be fair, um, but it wouldn't have been shillings either took a chance on him and here he is with a grade one juvenile hurdle winner and going to Cheltenham with a big chance it's just it, there's no great purpose to it only to point out the fact that Willie is is a bit unique in that he's willing to take a chance on, on, a hor- on horses like these with pedigrees for a man who we often highlight is a slave to pedigrees yeah. and yet he can take a chance on, on horses like these who are by sires that you would never have which is the uh, whole reason the whole reason York Hill started out over three miles this season in chasing companies because he was just absolutely adamant he'd be a Gold Cup horse based on his pedigree yeah we, we've, we've highlighted many cases before about Willie really putting emphasis on pedigree but then again he, he goes and he sources horses like these so um like many things with Willie Mullins, <laughs> doesn't always make sense, but by God, it works out in the end, doesn't no, it? No, that's, that's why you put your horses at Willie Mullins. By the way, Producer D has just reminded me that Willie Mullins actually then came out and said, I never said he was a Gold Cup horse. <laughs> <laughs> so so we'll retract that, shall we? Uh, right, let's go on to the county hurdle. Uh, Ten past two, a, always a tricky race to solve, except this year, it's blatantly obvious who wins it. Horse has been laid out for the race all season. Um, right, we have to stop you there now. We'll have none of this laid out for the race all season. <laughs> laid out for the race oh. all season. Look back well, at its last run and you're yeah. going to see. And that horse is Ivanovich Gorbatov. Oh, stop. Take it away, Kevin. Tell us why he's going to win. <laughs> he won't win on that ground. <laughs> I wouldn't really fancy them on good ground either. No, seriously, Moon to Race wins it. And the, and, <laughs> and the market is now speaking in his favour. Oh, uh, Jesus. 33 to 1 is long do- gone. A distant memory. 16 is the best price you'll get now. I found myself watching the replay of the champion hurdle this morning, and uh, there was there was Moon Racer being pulled up with around five to jump. 
but this is his time, yeah, Kevin Blake. This is his time. Hey, I will stand up and applaud David Pipe if he can pull that one off. And of course, it wouldn't be a bananas thing to happen given the, the back glass the horse has. But yeah, it wouldn't be for me. I'll, I'll, be, I wish you well with that one. Wouldn't be the first time he's done it either, by the way. Yeah, he doesn't exactly make a habit of it these days, though, does he? Uh, <laughs> to be brutally we'll, honest. We'll give him a chance. Right, so who who are you with? Are you with Max, Dynam- Max Dynamite? I no. Mean, I know you wanted further for him, but it looked it's increasingly likely this is where he's going to go. I don't have a clue. I'm not going to get involved in Willie Mullins' bingo. Um, I don't know. I ho- I'm hoping he's going to run in the Coral Cup. I'm not going to be tipping too many of Willie's um, in the handicap hurdles for aforementioned bingo reasons. Um, the one I would make a case for here is, is an English horse, imagine. What? <laughs> um, we all know those Irish handicap handicap hurdlers are, are absolutely weighed down with with the extra poundage for the British handicapper so I'm going to go with Flying Tiger okay and Nick Williams and um, he of course won the Fred Winter last year um, off a mark of 134 and he's off 140 here and I think he's very fortunate to be off 140 here because the handicapper had two not one but two opportunities this season to absolutely smash this horse with additional poundage and um, and he didn't do it he finished up, up the arse of Bouverdere in, in a slowly run race there at um, in the fighting fifth and he could have definitely put him up a few pounds there and even perhaps more so last time at Wincanton he finished up the arse of Elgin and Chittabello and Call Me Lord and he definitely I think should have got four or five pounds and he left him alone um, and look he has the you know he obviously won the Fred Winter last year um, I don't think soft ground is any problem for him you could say that in between those two runs well why didn't he run better in a, in a handicap hurdle at Doncaster when sent off Fav but I'm not going to judge him too harshly on that Doncaster is a very different track to Cheltenham and um his best effort of last season came at Cheltenham. Uh, the ground was good to soft there. But like I say, he's got enough form on soft ground. That either way, no matter how much it dries out, I think he'll be fine. Um, I can only imagine Nick Williams has had an eye in this race for a little while. And yeah, he'll do for me. I think there's a very strong, pure handicapping case to be made for him. Okay, that's interesting. But I think what might be a little bit more interesting is the fact that we've got Harry Derham on the line and that Divin Bear became one of the biggest gambles of the entire meeting last year. And he's been transferred to Paul Nichols. So he's had two runs for you. Is this his target, Harry? Uh, it was, but the ground being on the easy side is not going to help him at all. Okay. So is he? will he be shelved uh, if it stays like this? Um, Paul, I would imagine, will speak on Wednesday to Chris Giles. But he, he, all his good form is on on goodish ground, and ground on the easy side would not help his chances at all. And was that the problem in the Betfair hurdle, Harry, with him too soft? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we've well, yeah. also got. Yeah. Also... That, that British handicapper is so generous. Down seven pounds for two for two bad runs. Unbelievable, isn't it? You'd be a year coming down seven pounds in Ireland. Yeah. And, and I've, I've a bit of good news for you, though, Emmett. Is it Cliffs of Dover or is it Moonracer? <laughs> so I was on a panel um, two nights ago with David Pike, and he tells me that Moonracer's back and ready to go. Ah, so stop. I, 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 said, I said to him, I know a man who'll be happy to hear that. <laughs> the man, he just, just for this is why we should have the webcam. The man has just stood up with his arms raised up like Jesus Christ on the cross. <laughs> it's like a, a, a footballer celebrating uh, having scored in the Champions yeah, League final. He, he looks delighted with himself. Uh, well, well done, Harry. You've just made him unbearable for the rest of the Harry, day. thank you very, very much. <laughs> when Cause of Causes crosses the line in front, um, that will that will be the uh, a really nice feeling, but when Moonracer wins, oh. Yeah, I can't wait. Talking about Sam Spinner melting, Kennedy will melt if Moonracer wins. Oh, <laughs> just one one question for you also about the county. 
guys, because you'll know more about this horse than, than me. Do we like Jukka to tie? Um, I, can I take that one? Yes. Um, probably for me to pass on what, what jockeys are saying and all that sort of stuff, but um, I was on one with Jonathan Moore last night. He rode him to win the, the Grade 3 in Limerick. Um, Jesus, he, he couldn't have been less enthusiastic about him as a horse Go overall, away. to be quite honest. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. And on what grounds? Just that he's a bit soft off the bridle, or? Well, we were we just got round to chatting. Um, Shane Jordan was saying that us and them is running in it and in, running in the Supreme. And John Moore was basically saying, Jesus, he'd want to start now to win the Supreme because um, he didn't really rate his horse at all. He didn't feel it rode like a good race down in Limerick. He thought that the ground was was terrible. That Mary Levy didn't run anywhere near her race. It just just was very negative about it. So mm, okay. Um, no, notably so, uh, and you know the jockeys often tend not to be like that. Okay. The, uh, one thing I'd say about him is that the way he goes through his races, I'd say a big field handicap will probably suit him better than a, than a small field novice, because he can he can travel like a travelly thing, and um, a bit more pace in front of him would be a help to him. I wouldn't knock that Limerick form too much. You know, Austin Nem is is a lovely horse. Um, it was ju- he's going to run in the Supreme. I wouldn't be shocked if he ran all right. And not sufficient now to, to select him or anything, but at a big price, I'd say more pace in front of him would be a big help and less testing ground. I'd, like I, I think he's a nice horse. I wouldn't, um, you know, hopes were very high that he'd go and win that that day at Limerick and and, and Duke of the Tay. Um, to be fair, beat him well enough on the day, so I wouldn't be as negative. But you know, Jonathan Moore's a good judge too. So there you go, Doctor Stiffer. Okay, Harry, let's get your selection for the race. Well, I was going to be joking to tie, but now. No, oh, hey, Harry, but... don't don't let it, don't let us put you off now. No, I just, I um, I've had enough negatives from from that to kind of put me off a little bit. So um, no, I'm I'm not quite sure now. I was hoping that you might say, oh yeah, not a bad not a bad shout, and have a go there, but. I'm no, I, w- I wouldn't put you off. It was Tony that was putting you off. <laughs> well, to be fair, uh, Tony. Let's let's get your line on the race so as well. Um, you've been doing the preview circuit. You've been studying the form like a like a madman. What have you come up with for the county? Um, I, I'd love to say I've been studying the form for all these handicaps yet. I haven't, to be quite honest. I studied the ones that are manageable and not the others. I'll be doing these day when the forty-eight hours come out. A couple of things though, I would say about this race. Um, David Johnson, a time form, made a very good point there earlier. If the ground is soft, um, some of these hurdles races can descend into farce. Um, we saw with the Great Wood Hurdle there at the November meeting, all it, the, the only thing that mattered was been the forest horse around the outside. And it was sort of stuck up the rail, it was in big trouble. And I mm, hope to God it doesn't send into that, because um, that will make a farce of things. Um, the horse, I, I like two horses in this, and the boat would say Willie Mullen, so I don't know if they're going, but it would make sense if they were. I'm sure they would be running somewhere this week anyway, and there'd be horse to keep inside. Um, I think Lagos to Vegas would absolutely love um, a well-run two-mile on soft ground. Um, I see she's in the Coral Cup and race like that, but um, she's a two-miler on soft ground to me. I don't think she stayed at Galway, travelled all over them when she ran in the 2-7 race there um, back in August. Won a very strong race. I know Kevin was keen on the form of this, the Listowel race with Davis Charm. Mm. She, she's a listed class filly, you know, on the, on the flat. Um, she probably improved a bit since her last run. I thought she ran a great race in Goran behind Forge Meadow, who have a lot of time for travel very well. Um, she does do that a bit now. She is a bit of a strong traveller, and there may not always be something there in the finish. But that's why I think two miles rather than going for the Coral Cup would suit her. 
And I think um, she she's plenty of form in big fields. No issue with that. She was Tordna Cesarowicz, um, Tordna, Tordna an old GPT there in Galway, July. So I'd like her. And I'd also give Sandzend the chance. Maybe they, these two are going to be split up. Sandzend's another one that ties in with Forge Meadow. Did it well at Nace. Now, he wouldn't have Lagos to Vegas experience. But um, as against that, he would... The handicapper may not have gotten the grips from yet. So they, they were the two I liked at this stage... Um, Neither, neither of which will have any problem with tough ground. All right, let's move on to the potato race. Oi, oi. So, Kevin Blake, you can lead the way here. Uh, Santini um, uh, continues to head the market at quite a short price. Next destination, interesting, he's in there, but we know he's going to go for the Neptune. Do we? Mm. He said the other day he ha he's going to make a late decision. Oh, no. Oh, no. Are they going to do that? I, I wa it wasn't in my mind, but then I read that. Oh, that would be disappointing. That would drive people nuts. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take it on. So, what's your thoughts? I don't have a strong view in this now, but all we know is that if this, if it turn, if it's soft for this, it'll be an almighty slog. Oof. And I'd be a big believer in, in um, I'll call it Tony Keenan's theory. I don't know if you robbed it of someone else, Tony, if you came up with it yourself about having a really hardened horse for this. Um, I, I very much buy into that. And you look through them, and a horse like Chris's dream, you know, based on what he did at, um, at uh, was it Clamel there, on horrendous ground not so long ago. You know, he clearly relishes testing ground, but is he hardened enough for this? I don't know. And um, I know he has a bit of a breeding issue as well. Um, so may maybe not ideal for him, and he's kind of well found in the market. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tip a horse here that I don't even like very much, but I think he's got the right profile. Um and I was only slagging the horse on ATR there a few weeks ago. But Fabulous Sag is probably a big price, is he? You know, I, I think he he won. He's got the softest touches of all time, this horse, this year. He, 25. He, he won a, a bad grade two at Limerick. And it looked like he had another soft touch in the grade one, the two-mile-six grade one at Leopardstown. And the most, and I was taking him on that day. Uh, and the, just the strongest, most remarkable market move came for him on the day where I thought he was a lay at, at 7-2 to two and he went off 7-4 to four or something like that and he was just shortening all the time and that was a weekend where there was some very pronounced market moves around the Willie Mullins team um, you know York Hill obviously drifted, Mellon drifted everyone talked about them but nobody talked about this fella who, who was backed as if defeat was 100% out of the question and he got stuffed but I think um, Paul Townend if he could ride it again he just went too quick in front I think he just went too quick and um, and went to pieces late on, and look, he's got loads of experience. He's seven runs over hurdles, four in bumpers. He ran on the he won a point to point as well. He loves rotten ground. He stays very well, and he'd be given a more conservative ride, a slightly more conservative ride here, I'd imagine. And look, just at the price, he's got the right type of profile. I don't even like the horse that much. His jumping leaves a bit to be desired at times, but for the year that's in it. It, this is a very bitty body type of race now mm. and it just wouldn't shock me and that, that's about the height of it now but it's not a bullish one but that's about the height of it with me okay I don't think you can ever be bullish in this race look back at the results of it y you really shouldn't be um, yeah, I, I think you, I think it's a race to have a swing at one definitely and I'm I'm going to take a swing at one uh, and when I say have a swing at one I don't mean a big bet I mean a big price oh no that's exactly what, what you mean and I'm, I'm going to take a swing on one based on on um, having met Alan King yesterday <laughs> Right. You're unbelievable. Right. You're unbelievable. And having hang, hung out with Kingy, talk is cheap. And taking selfies with him and everything. Talk That's is cheap. I didn't no. take a selfie with him. You got someone else to take a picture of you exactly. with him. Exactly. Uh, here. Talk is cheap. Uh, 
<laughs> you look back at this horse the last uh. day at Newbury, and he absolutely cruised around. He's a handicapper. He's what's the line that you like to use? I don't want to steal your your thunder there, um, Tony Keenan. What's the line you use for this race? Oh, you just you just want the the, the hard bastard, you know. <laughs> the, you want the, the horse that is at loads of racing. The, 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 just just historically looking at the race, the the horse that at the front end of this, the Centini of the world, Duke de Ginevra, Chris's dream, Chef de Sobo, did none of those four now would have the profile of the typical winner of this. They're just not experienced enough, and um, with, with the with the soft ground now in play, you, you would expect their inexperience to be exacerbated. And, like I would agree with Kevin completely. Take a pop at something at a price. Yeah. Uh, that, that has proved to be the, the, one of the best ways to attack this race. Well, he's won four times over hurdles. Uh, yeah, he, he's been in handicap company, but that hasn't precluded horses winning this race before. And he's 20s. And he'll be all right in the ground. So I'm going to go with Talk is Cheap. Tony, who are you going to side with? Um, I have a short list of, of sort of two, three at the minute. Um, Poetic Rhythm is would be near the top, but he's um, second season novice who, have a, who actually do have a good record in this race. Um, you, you wouldn't be expecting that from a Chatham Grade 1 novice, but he, he is he's at seven or eight races at this stage. Won the Chalo, very hard race that day, but bags time to recover from it. Um, Nigel Twiston Davis's horse, who's actually come back from Jason Callum Mad, is is another one there who's who's pretty hard and uh, lots of race and give him a chance. And Emma Lavelle is a horse who probably wouldn't be as hard as some of these, but um, won quite well in Doncaster the last day. A horse with the name of Ennis Coffee Oscar. He actually is a bit of last to be fair to him. He was second to Lawler in the in the Grade Two bumper at entry. Um, and I think he was a bit of a slow learner over hurdles. He got beaten in his first three starts, but has been coming good now the last while as he's gone up and trip, particularly over three miles the last time. All right, Harry Derham, the potato race. I re really like Chef de Zobo. Oh, yeah. uh, he's he's six now. If you look at him, like he's a really really strong horse. Uh, the way he went through the mud at Haydock last time out. Like he absolutely sluiced up. Um, there's two winners come out of that race since. He only got beaten in December by Santini four and a half lengths. And I think since then he's improved. Um, he, to me, looks like an out-and-out galloper. Um, he has a really nice way of racing just behind the bridle. You can see Noel just being kind of midway. And hunting around, it's going to. I think this race will turn really, really attritional. Mm -hmm. And he looks like a really solid stayer. And just one, um, I would imagine, is a really big price. Is a horse called Kilbrick and Storm. He was disappointing last time in the um, Chalo, but won there, won there the time before that. Harry Cobden, who will ride him, thinks he's really, really come to himself. He's, he'll be a big price, but he stays very, very well. And that is, I would imagine, what you'll need for this race. Okay, and that is for Colin Tizard, and he is currently 25 to 1. Kevin Blake has a big smile on his face. I do not. A big grin on your face, you have, as we move on to the Timico Cheltenham Gold Cup. The blue ribbon of racing, but who's it going to go to? Harry Derham, is Mike Bite going to get the job done, or is he going to make a burst for the champagne bar as soon as he comes over the last? I, he, he's the best horse in the race but this ground going softer and softer wouldn't it wouldn't be what you wanted for him would it at all I didn't think because it could turn into a real slog um, 
So my opinion is he is the best horse in the race. For three miles, I think he will travel like the best horse in the race. Whether he sees like three and a quarter miles um, in the mud, I'm not sure. Mm. So what would be your alternative then? Do you want to back something each way or would you actually take a flyer? Because like Harry, Harry Fry has decided to supplement American for this race. And every time he runs Harry, they say this could be the last time he runs. That's how fragile he is. Yeah, so I, I would... I would I probably will back horse each way in this race, and that is uh, Q Laughter, Manella Rocco. Mm. Nothing funny about that. Yeah. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> I don't think that's funny at all. I think that's a perfectly viable selection, Kennedy. I think they could go. I think they could go hard up front. Um, I think it's going to be a. Uh, gold Cup where you need a horse to really, really stay. Um, twice Native River's been to Cheltenham and Manella Rocco's beaten him both times. Uh, it doesn't really matter. I think that his form has been only okay this season. It was the same last year. He's a dour, dour stayer. Um, and I just think he could. it could just all get a bit messy up the straight and he could stay on really, really well. What I was laughing at is that there's a colleague of mine who was on a train and he was drunk. And so was John O'Neill, and it was like halfway through the season, and he said, "Guanzo, Guanzo, give us something for Cheltenham." Then. And John John, uh, can you know, Manella Rocco, he's the bet for the cook. I remember bursting out laughing, and now Harry comes along and puts him up at twenties. What's what's oh. funny about it? Like the horse ran a belter in it last year. Could be an, e- an increased emphasis on stamina this year. Yeah, yeah. No, no. It, look, the race could play to his strengths. It's just. I don't know. You'd be you'd be pretty disappointed if he won it, but it's one of them years, isn't it? Like synchronized made sense. You know, that made sense. He'd been so so good in the Lexus as well. But That's hindsight bias now, Kenny. Um well he was very good in the Lexus. <laughs> uh, whereas Mel Rock is coming into this on the back of fall fourth, pulled up fall second, unseated. Um but Harry makes a good point. Like he's gonna stay. He'll like the ground. Hmm. Kevin Blake. Oh, yeah. Like with Mike Bice, the the ground would be a concern. I think he'd stay fine, but I think the thing with Scorpions is Scorpion gets an awful lot of stick, um, and I think a lot of them just want better ground. And when they don't get it, they can make him look a bit a bit iffy. But um, you'd be slightly worried with him, and you know, coming in here fresh as well. We've talked about his preparation in the past. He'll he'll want to settle now if the conditions are going to be like this. Big time. And in the past, when he's been a bit fresh, he has been a bit a bit free. And he'll want to settle, and I don't think he'll get a happy, um, a happy uncontested time of it on the front end. Far from it. So he'll just need to settle to give himself the best chance. And look, I would very much have that concern that if he's in front over the last, things could go badly wrong because he's been in front over the last twice at Cheltenham in his life, and he's tried to run into the, run into the enclosure twice. Um, but would he be even in front at that stage? Like I. I think his price is very fair. If you want to take a chance on him, his price is very fair. And don't let me put you off. I think I wouldn't knock him based on the King George. I think he was just bone idle, which is something he's done on, on numerous occasions in the past. So I don't want to knock Mike by too much, but I, probably, I have to take him on. I've been taking him on all along, and I still better take him on. Um, with what is the question? Road to respect is the one I've liked all season, really, um, or for most of the season. The ground is a slight concern, not so much the ground itself, but the fact that it'll make it just an extra stamina test. Yeah. Um, I would have been happy with his stamina, you know, 
on normal good to soft ground if we want to call it that I'll stick with him I'll stick with him but I'm just not as confident as I was um, a few days ago before this you know largely unexpected volume of rain came about us um, but you know this Harry's right this could be a right slog lads this could be a right slog and your native rivers your our jukes your horses that are proven sloggers that stay further than this um, they, they have to come strongly into the picture now and I wouldn't be shocked if there's a fair few fellas looking to take on Mike Bite closer to the time. He'll probably be, if you want to back him, you're probably better off waiting. Oh, I'd I say suspect so. it'll be a bigger price. Mm. Um, and that's it. That's it. It's it, it's going to, it's going to be an ugly race to watch. I'd say, lads, they'll need to stay and get. They'll need to really stay to win this year. Is there any trail alternative for you aside from retrospect? I should look. It's my my head is telling me Ed Wolf, but um, see, that's what's happening to me now as well. Yeah, you know it it's very hard to knock what he did last time and there, there's plenty of reason I think he could come a little bit forward from that um, soft ground no problem at all he should stay just fine Yeah. he should stay just fine And would it have been the 3 mile 5 marker when that happened to him at Cheltenham last year yeah I wouldn't put it down put that down to the trip especially um, no but what I'm saying is that that if he was staying 3 mile 5 then yeah, just, for, just further than that even it's a yeah so that means 3 mile 2 and a half runs would be no problem it should be fine. It's a different. It's a very different race, very different pace for a race, a very different test. There'll be no mercy shown here from an early stage, whereas the four-miler can often be a, a high-ho Harry um, pace early on. Um, but so, look, my head is telling me he's overpriced, and I think there's a definite case there that he is overpriced. Um, it'll obviously be a very nervous watch um, for anyone that, that, is, uh, that is fond of the horse and everything else. But... Um, you know the vets have said that there's no more chance of what happening uh, of what happened to him last year happening to him again as there is for any other horse. You know the fact that it happened once does not make it statistically more likely that it will happen again. So the vets say. So um, you have to go in and judge him on his merits and based on what he did last time and beating a very solid horse in Outlander in Outlander's optimum conditions, um, you have to give him a sporting chance. So okay. you know that, that's where I am on it. Um, but I'll stick the road to respect is the main selection. All right, Ed Wolf is probably where I'm going to side. Tony, for you, the profile of the horse you want is that second season chaser. Um, presumably, that's the line you want to keep. Yeah. Um, just on the subject of soft ground and all this type of chat, I, I just think this week um, the markets... Uh, uh, the soft ground is going to be two-factored into the market, I think. And all these um, boats... And soft ground sacks are going to be backed into shorter than what they should be. Um, I, I can see this all been overdone now. When the market starts zigging like that, I want to be zagging the other way and trying to back the glass horses at, at uh, two or three points bigger than they should be. Good show. That's, like, that, that's a great shout, Tony. Do you remember the syndrome in action? What was the name of the horse in the in the King George, the the flat King uh, George? But, but, in Batash. No, no, no. The mile and a half group uh, one. I What's his name? No, Clever I, Cookie. I, I think, Clever Cookie. Actually, that, remember the race Clever. with this shit? Everyone said Batash no. wouldn't go on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, you know the race I'm talking yes. about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And he, he drifted. Now, Kevin's referring to the fact that Clever Cookie was backed into a single figure price for the King George. Oh, way yeah. shorter than that. Yeah, was it 11 to 4? Yeah, the, like, and it's a, it's a great point, Tony, because th this happens sometimes. People go into panic mode, and all of a sudden they're looking for just horses that are proven a, mm. on soft and heavy ground. And then you go back and you look at the results afterwards, and <laughs> more often than not, a lot of the winners on the day have, have no softer heavy ground form. You know, they're just right. a classic choice. There's two, there's two ways I'd be looking at it, right? Look, do you want to back a horse that wants genuinely good ground? You don't want to do that. Like that that's common sense, right? Um, 85, 85 to 90% of the trials in both countries have taken place on soft to heavy ground, 
right? So that, that in the UK, there's been far more soft ground than the typical winter. Um, there's very few Irish horses that don't operate on soft ground. Right, like we, 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 you can know all the trials, unless you're, you're really waiting for something for good ground, you're, you're going to have to wait for that horse to fairly house or punch it down. So, I, I, I would be looking maybe and say, Jesus, there's the open out of a six to one a week, goes three to one because he's won a couple of times in heavy ground. Maybe that horse is a little bit too short now, and I'll, I'll take a chance on something else. Probably taking a chance win only, but that might be a way into it. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna row in with the two horses that have been on a bit for a while here, might bite and road to respect the two second season novices, the two horses have had their seasons go right. Who, at least to some degree, you're proven on soft. They're not heavy ground yokes like maybe a, a native river or a Kilode de Vic would want. But, uh, you know, the, see, the way they're going is they're going to be similar prices to those, and I'd be happy backing those two. Okay, and one final question. Sapphire Daru, fifth in the race last year. How's his preparation going, and what's the feeling on him, Harry? He's absolutely fine. Uh, he... was. We, we kind of went to Newbury knowing that he'll need it um, badly, he's done loads of work since. Do you know it wouldn't surprise me if he if he improved for the race again. Like we put loads and loads of work into him, but he's a big horse who didn't come in till late. Um, and I know I know what Tony's saying about the ground, but um, I, I couldn't have him on 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 really soft ground. Okay, so you you couldn't have Safford Roo if it, if it was really soft. No, like if it if it was if it was good to soft, you might say at a massive price he could run a decent race and finish fourth or fifth. But I I um, as much as I love him, I struggle to see him um, being competitive on 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 soft ground. Yeah, he's been a real. I'm, to- I'm totally talking about this from a betting point of view, and I would understand why connections trainers, jockeys, whatever, they're looking at the horse and they're saying, which is our horse is better on good ground and that, that all filter, and that they're passing that on, that, that filters back into the market. Now, that, in a lot of horses' case, that will be the case, you know, they, they, they do want better ground, but there'll be enough that will get away with the soft ground and they'll be sent off at big enough prices that I think there's probably an edge there in, in going the opposite way. Yeah, I, I, I get that, I totally get that. All right, you have got a number of runners in the Fox Hunter chase. Um, the highest profile of them, obviously, Harry, is Wonderful Charm. Um, but he's not the only one, though. You've also got Virac, uh, and you've got last year's winner in there as well. Uh, tell us what the latest is on Pasha de Polder and the crew. Uh, Pasha de Polder was slightly disappointing at Doncaster, has come on a lot for the run, and would would need to. Whether he's just as good as he was last year, um be hard to say he's getting on a little bit now um and the race literally everything that could have gone right from last year did be gave him a wonderful ride uh so whether he's quite as good as he was remains to be seen um virac was really good at ludlow not so good at haydock but he's fine wonderful charm uh, Paul has kept saying he's our best chance of winner. Which, if the ground was good for soft or good, I would yeah. totally, agree, totally agree. But I honestly, I, I, I know you're talking about classy horses, and he is a class horse. But if you, if you saw him every day training and you knew about his breathing problems, if it, the ground was soft, you would, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be interested in him. Okay. The horse I really, I. The horse I really like in this race, who's won twice this season, is in great odd form, um, has loved going hunter chasing, 
three and a quarter miles round there will be right up his street as Union East. I was just going to say, yeah, the old Dom Alco. So he's in new ownership now, but um, yeah. he's he has really taken to the Hunter Chasing game. Yeah. Um, again, one of them who who's just he kind of started to struggle in handicaps and lose a bit of interest. This has sparked him up. Um, he is in, for whatever reason, really, really good order. Um, and I could just... The, the only reason I'm talking about him is because Virac is 10 to 1 and Union East you can get at 25s. And to me, that doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, Union East. And he was a damn good stayer in his day as well, Kevin Blake. Uh, you know where my bet's going here, Burning Ambition. <laughs> The old scorpion gets the job done. What about yourself? Ah, look, I was very much in the wonderful charm camp, but like Harry says, it's no secret with wonderful charm that he does have that that breeding problem. And, you know, Paul considers some very ground dependent, so it's mm. just hard to be as confident. And look, if Tony, and it could well transpire that what Tony says come true here in that, in that comes true in that wonderful charm ends up drifting quite a bit on, a, on account of that. But look, I... If he drifts to, you know, an 8-1 to one or something like that, I'd probably still take my chance, you know, half your stake and, and stick with him mm. um, because he, he does have all that class. And while the ground may not be ideal, um, the extra emphasis it puts on stamina might just help him if, 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 he, if he, you know, if his, if his breeding holds up because he obviously got the just drift. To, Go on, Harry. Just to say, if the ground is really soft, it wouldn't be the biggest surprise in the world if we didn't see him. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's because fair enough. Like that, that with his with his old breathing, you'd hate to go and sicken him. Um, so we'll just we'll play that beer, but I just would want to just tell you that. However, sickened, um, wonderful charm would be, and he won't be as sickened as I am right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, though I did, uh, to be fair. Um, I was kind of scout through this race earlier, trying to find an alternative to Wonderful Charm in advance of this, and I kind of threw my hands up in the air in the end. But Union East was one that did catch the eye with the with the back class, you know, and proved yeah. the ability to go on the ground. And to be fair, you could only be but encouraged with what Harry has said there. And like he says, twenty to one does seem a bit big relative to uh, to the rest. Twenty five is even bigger. Tony Keenan, are you going to be too uh, busy? I... Are you going to be too busy counting your Gold Cup winnings to even care? <laughs> I've, I've absolutely no idea in this race. The only thing is, Harry, you must be giving Union East some sort of anti-aging product or something. How the hell is that horse only 10? That, that horse felt like it should have been 16 or 17 when I knocked it off here. You know, he, he must be a good horse because as a four-year-old, I managed to win an in Cheltenham. So that shows what a good horse he is. Because <laughs> I was fairly ordinary. And for him to win as a four-year-old around Cheltenham with me on, that says, that says it all about him. Uh, you were far from ordinary, Harry Durham. Oh, just looking here, our old pal won on this horse, so he must—he must be some machine, Jack Rico. <laughs> and here's the thing: what you don't know is that he has quit being a professional, is now an amateur again, and can ride in the race, and so he's going to be back up. Oh God! <laughs> what a machine, Jack Rico and Harry Durham won on him. How much of this 25s can we get on? <laughs> Kevin, can you have a chat there with your commission agents? Get the runners on. <laughs> Saddle up the donkeys. We're taking all the money we can at Union East. Who'll ride, who'll ride Union East, Harry? I, I was just going to talk about that because I know um, around the country in preview evenings and stuff, Dave Maxwell gets a bit of a hard time. However, I would just like to say he is one of the nicest guys that you would ever wish to meet. Um, he's a successful businessman. He has the horses because he enjoys them. And 
Um, I know he's got a bit of a hard time for his riding in the past, but he is a really, really belting good guy. And anyone that met him would would never say a bad word about him. He's a lovely man. He's <laughs> a lovely, lovely man. He couldn't ride a rocking horse. <laughs> he's going to use that exact line. <laughs> Jeez, we're hanging we're hanging around with each other too much. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on uh, to the Martin Pipe Conditional Jockeys Handicap Hurdle. A good old-fashioned proper handicap to get stuck oh, into. Stop. Tony Keenan, solve it for us. Um, <laughs> solve it for you, my God. <laughs> I'll be here for Friday, ten to five. Only studying this race, and I still don't think I'd still solve it. So, so many of these are going to be entered up in the county and the, and the Coral Cup. Um, we don't know if I, any idea on the field yet. Just I'll pass on a couple of interesting things. Um, Jonathan Moore, who has a little bit of a connection with the Gordon Elliott Yard, sounded uh, quite keen on blow by blow. Um, thought he felt to come back to form the last day, and uh, there's a chance he will get the possibly get the ride on him. So he seemed quite interested in him. Um, although the one I was coming down on, and uh, look, I don't know if he's going. Um, uh, only Big Frank knows if he's going really at this stage. Is early doors. Um, yeah, I, he, I he runs. He, Funnily enough, oh, that's, that's who I'm interested in as well. That's magnificent. Um, just just on on early doors, um, a horse would would uh, to talk, just to talk through his form here. Um, first of all, soft ground will be the job for him. That that will that will be great. Um, I think he's better on it. Lovely win in Nace there, uh, the Grade Three back in November, beating a, a couple of horses that have probably gone on since that. Duke of the Tay, Mary Devi, um, and Delta Walk have all improved their ratings since then. I thought that was a pretty good race, albeit a slowly run race. And I thought he shaped well better than the form behind Mengley Can in the Royal Bond. He went pretty hard out in front. He met the last two wrong, and Mengley Can caught him up a bit. So three things there where you could rate him better than the form. Um, he's got in here on a mark of, uh, what's he on, Kevin? One forty. One He's a horse that's sort of second in a grade in a in a grade one, and it probably wasn't a bad grade one. Hard line has come out of that since too. Um, and while it was a bad run the last day, I believe he'd had a bit of a setback in between the two runs, so I'd I'd be inclined to forgive him that. And yeah, I, he'd be a bit of a class horse in this. Uh, He'd be the one. He'd be the top of my shortlist at the minute, anyway. Yeah, look, he's going to run. Um, I'd agree with much of what you said there. I thought he ran a storm in a race in the Royal Bond. Um, things went wrong late on for him, as you've said. Um, he missed an engagement at Christmas, and uh, he was disappointed now in the delight. To, to be brutally honest, you know the hopes were that he'd that he'd run a lot better than that. But you you could excuse it on grounds that you know he hadn't had the ideal prep. But there was. You know, it was thought that he was he was in in good enough condition to to run his race there, and go well enough. But um, it, it was a funny old type of race. I actually ended up watching it a few times today, just going through the likes of Paloma Blue and Debuche and a few of those. And it was it was a funny old race. And um, you know, we we all we keep saying in this podcast, you can you can always forgive one run. Um, my main, I like you say, I wouldn't worry about the ground at all. In fact, I'd be encouraged with the rain for him. But the big concern I'd have is just that he has no real you know big field experience you know the land rover bumper was probably the, the, the only real bit of you know relevant hustle and bustle experience that 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 he had you know that he has coming into this and you know you go to a race like the martin pipe and i know novices do well in that but i just i'd rather he had a, a bit more of a hardening um through the season 
you know, taking on some very experienced horses here, and he's still uh, a bit of a bambino rel relatively, you know. So that's, that's the main concern I'd have for him. Novices do have a very good record in the race, though, to be fair. Very, very good record in the race. And, and that was the piece of form that really interested me, was that, that run in the... Um, Behind Mengele Khan, yeah, like he got, as Tony said, he got badly cut up that day. Yeah, look, the, the English handicapper's been fair. He's given him 142, he's 140 in Ireland. Um, that's perfectly reasonable, guarantees him a run. And, and yeah, look, I wouldn't put you off. I'll, there'll be no one more delighted than me if, you, if you're right on this one, lads. Yeah. Um, it's just, I, I, it's not one that I could be super bullish about myself. Okay, so who, are you, who would you go with? Oh, I don't have a strong one of this at all, Kenners, now, for, for reasons aforementioned, in that we just don't know what's going to run. Um, funny enough, I just rechecked the stats there, having spotted Bunk off early in the entries. He remains the only son of Zebedee, son or daughter of Zebedee, to ever win over jumps. Um, where did I come down in this? I was giving Mary Devy a bit of a chance, but she could run in anything. Yeah. Um, I think she perhaps has more to come. But I think I think she could end up going for the county. She could. Well, I, I don't know. What I think that's what Graham Wiley was saying to me the other day. Yeah. I, w I won't waste any more time babbling about this now because it won't be a race that I really get stuck into until decks are in. Okay. Because you know yourselves. These are, there's so many multiple entries here. It's just hard to, to get a feel for the race. Tony, is it just early doors for you? Yeah. Um, I'm just going to briefly be negative about a horse I've seen some people talk about here because I, I just think the form of this race it really isn't very good. Um, Deal Destravel, Tremby Willie Mullins, um, second in the Carl Horton and Appleton. I, I think that form is pretty poor. Um, I think the few horses, there's a, four or five of them in the first 10 have come out and run out of that since. And haven't really done it much. A grand partner, I suppose, ran or he won at Leopardstown last week. He's a complete Leopardstown specialist. But um, uh, I've seen people fancy it for this race. Uh, not for me, anyway. Okay. Not for me. Uh, Harry Derham, the Martin Pipe Conditional Jockeys Hurdle. So, um, two points here. Uh, we're going to run a horse called Brillon Das, who um, has struggled a little bit over fences this season. Um, but last time he ran over hurdles, he was very, very good at wing canting in a handicap. It takes a bit of imagination to fancy him because he hasn't run over hurdles for a long time. Um, but he has a touch of class about him that maybe Seth he could run okay. There's one horse who, back end of last season, I was really excited about and then we haven't seen since. It was a horse called Mr. Big Shot um, of David Pipes. He won two novice hurdles la end of last season, and I thought he was like a really, really smart horse. We haven't seen him since. Um, I was just interested to see him entered. He hasn't run for an absolute age, and it would be an almost impossible task. But when I, when he won in April, I, I thought that was a really, really smart horse. Um, and it's just interesting that he's in his father's race at the festival. But yeah. um, no, no real strong view now. For the uh, the Drews as well, of course, who are big time owners there, and uh, obviously Martin Pipe, you know David loves he would love to win this race, and he's had many a favourite for. It. We're talking about um, Jevery Chambertin being sent off, oh an Lord. insanely short price favourite one year. So Salubrious won it that year, though. That's All right, right. <laughs> and that was the point I was going to make: is that your yard's got a fantastic record in this. Yeah, yeah, we've Ibistera and Salubrious and. No, we've had some we've had some luck in there. So, is there anything at all for for yourselves that you'd be interested in? Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll our one horse who will get in is Brillon Das. So we'll I'd imagine we'll run him. Okay. 
All right. Yeah, um, the, the rest of them will struggle to get in. But a fast run race over two and a half miles, if he settles, he he could outrun his odds, but he'd have to settle. All right. So it, it's more hope than confidence you're going to that race with then? Yes. Okay. And that then brings us on to the last race of the day. Dear God, Vanatu's favourite. Last race of the festival. Last race of Cheltenham 2018. Now, don't forget that on Saturday morning, Nick Luck, Lydia Hislop, Tony Keenan, Johnny Ward, Kevin Blake, Harry Derham, and myself will be doing the Cheltenham 2019 preview, which will be... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be fast asleep for two days straight. See, that, that'll improve the preview no end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Kevin will be a barrel laughs at it as well, by the way, after that length of time. Uh, so Vanity has been absolutely hammered off the boards into 10 to 1 now, 9 to 1 uh, as short as. Um, don't touch it. Obviously won the race last year. Kevin, who's going to win the last race? Um, I think there's a case. T- I'm going to make a little a little case for two. Cause this is a race I don't especially like. Um, but North Hill Harvey having skipped the Arkle, I think, is very interesting. Um, that was a big shout because obviously the Arkle has cut right up, and I was looking from an early stage of you know look. I was I was tracking the decks this morning, and there was there was never going to be more than four or five in it. You know, it seemed. Um, and they've decided to come into this big competitive handicap and, and instead. And look, the case is there for him. I think, you know, he seems to love Cheltenham. Soft ground won't be a problem. Um, obviously, things didn't go right last time, but I wouldn't, behind uh, San Calvados, but I wouldn't judge him too harshly on that. And um, yeah, I think he's, you know, 150 is a reasonable sort of mark. And um, just the fact that they're coming here is a huge tip in itself, I think. Um, they obviously think we're right. We'd, we'd rather have a real gold win in this than finishing maybe third in the other one, if, if even. Um, so I'd respect that call. I think it's an interesting one. And one now slightly more out of left field is an Irish horse to bring it, to bring it back. <laughs> is um, is uh, Powers Bomb, who I fancied a bit in the in the Close Brothers last year. And he ran very well to finish fourth. Things didn't go right. And he hasn't had too many spins. He's only had the one spin, actually, over fences since. They gave him a flat campaign during the summer. He hasn't run since August. You couldn't say it's ideal coming here fresh, but the fact that the, just the fact that they're coming here fresh um, would suggest that they'll have him ready to rock and roll. Um, I think his mark is, is potentially favourable. He's a horse that can go quite freely through his races, so I'd say a drop back to a strongly run two um, could well suit him. Um, and he's I, I kind of I was half hoping he might be a wild price, but he's not completely wild price. But he's he, he's quite a big price still, kind of sixteen twenties. Um, and I I could see him run well. Um, his jumping can be a bit of a problem for him, but he mostly held it together at Cheltenham last year. So I'm hoping he'll do the same here and um, and go well. All right, Tony Keenan, you were saying that yes. it's a lot of the forty-eight hour declarations for you, but it's the Grand Annual, so this has been on your mind for quite some time. Who wins? <laughs> Uh, I, I actually Kevin's two will be the two that I like to ah, stop ah here yeah uh, uh, North Hill Harvey definitely Chapman soft ground is his job and I can see power if power's bomb you would, you would want 16 to 20s because he, he can be a very dodgy jumper but uh, you'd have to think he's well handicapped if a fella was thinking ahead now this would be a good race I'd say to get a look at um, before the 48 hour decks because just looking at the front view in the market Vanita don't touch it they're all good ground horses. Like mm. they'd have no business. They'd have no business with single figures now if the ground is soft. So if you were looking for something at a bit of value, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the market looks totally different by post time in this one. Okay, and for Harry, 
Uh, yeah, I really like a horse called Dolos of Mars in this, actually. Aye, aye. Now, Harry, he... Harry, has this been a plot job? Has this been nicely tilted up for the whole season, getting them ready? A five-year-old in a race that Paul has done very, very well in, and the whole yard's going to be steaming into on the day. This this was planned before the Fred Winter last year. Oh, no, oh, oh, oh <laughs> yeah, boy, yeah. <laughs> Go on, yeah, boy, yeah. <laughs> no, no, nothing like that. Nothing like that. No, 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 Harry, um, sorry, the quote's already gone out there. We're just going to edit it, <laughs> take that out, and, and away you go. On March 23rd, 2013, a horse was born. Done. Somewhere in France. <laughs> the this horse will one day win the Grand Annual. <laughs> <laughs> take take it away, Harry. Just, just a quick story about the Grand Daniel. Um, Daryl, um, you know that year he got injured off Port Mellon? Yeah. Uh, at the start of the potato race. Oh, yes. Well, I was in the paddock and pulled Horrific it off. You all have to, yeah, you all have to ride Shooter's Word of Ours in the last. Daryl was on it. So you'll ride it now? So we were down at the start and we were all walking around and, and then we stood still because there was a horse in the middle of Tom O'Brien's that was bolting. Um, so we, we all stood there for about five minutes and all the um, older jockeys, I think it was Chuck Thornton, said, God, I'd love a cigarette. And um, <laughs> a few of them talking like, oh, this is going to be terrible. And um, I said to Aidan Coleman, I think it was, he said, what, what's so bad about this? He said, oh, you'll, you'll, you'll see soon enough. And I never in my life have I galloped down over set of fences faster. <laughs> I, Pulled up and thought, right, that was what it was all about. That's why they're not a big fan of this race. Because <laughs> um, I only have one go in it, and I was not a big fan of it at all. It is insane, um, though, isn't it? Like, just from a viewing spectacle. Like, I, I read somebody talk about the other day, Kevin, is, like, it's the Grand National, but for two miles. It's to they go mental in it. They're not messing about, Tan. <laughs> On you go. Get in there. Get stuck in. Um, no, don't. Dolos is a really, really solid jumper who an end-to-end gallop could suit well. He's 16-1 to 1 now. I, I quite like the horse. He's in really good form. Um, and he will jump off and basically go one speed throughout. And I think in a race like this, this is, it's what you need. His jumping for a young horse has been very good. So, yeah, I quite like him. Okay. Uh, and it's uh, been the plan since the Fred Winter last year, so that <laughs> <laughs> was what you thought. Before about. the Fred Winter. Before we bought him, it was the plan, yeah. Yeah, that was the idea. Uh, just just to um, to check a box there, Harry, uh, Bouverule is going to go for the Brown Advisory rather than this, is he? Uh, not sure. Uh. I don't want to... And the reason I'm saying not sure is because I told you on the podcast last time i was on that move of the times was going on the tuesday yeah uh, a couple of fellas on twitter were quick to remind me that i got that wrong so oh, oh, yeah, of course you, you, you get that all right uh, uh, yeah. what yeah. somebody has a go at you on twitter no <laughs> don't tell me like that that would never happen don't let those twitter heads get in your head bro the only <laughs> twitter thing people is if, if the ground is soft this week there's a chance he might he might just wait Mm. Okay, what is the latest move with the time? So his target now is the Brown Advisory. Yeah, but you'll be in their box in, for that day. Won't you? Exactly, oh, yeah, that's, that's right. right. Yeah, 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 I'll be hanging out with the uh, with the big time Charlies of Brown Advisory. Harry, Harry, have you have you a horse there now that you're looking at in the last couple of days and you're saying 
rubbing your hands together saying, oh, this rain is great. I know you've plenty of good ground horses there that it won't suit, but is there one in there that you think, yeah, Jesus, that's that's after coming right from now? Aside from Union East, obviously, who we were on about. Um, neither are probably quite good enough to win, but I think it will really suit Frodon. I think it will really suit Plitlock. Yeah, uh, Frodon is a great record actually over over the, the two and a half on the soft ground. He's put up um, some big figures. I, when I think with Frodon, the twice he's been on that new course, I think he's he's won both times because he won the Caspian Caviar last season and then he won on trials day. I think on that new course over two and a half, he's actually unbeaten. And for me, they're two kind of career bets. Now, look, I'm not saying he can win the Ryanair, but soft ground two and a half miles around there, if you were going to make a race for him, then that's it. Yeah, that might, that could be something to bear in mind. The Ryanair just became very interesting as well, which we'll talk about towards the end of the show. Um, Kevin Blake. My final selection? Yep. Um, North Hill Harvey slash Powers Bomb. That's who you're going to go with? Yeah, I just saw Powers Bomb is 25s in a place, if you can, or in a couple of places. If you can get that, I think it's yeah. probably, probably the one to take a. a uh, yeah, it's probably the one to take a punt on, but it is chancy. You'd, you'd want to be getting a big price like that, as yeah. Tony says. Whereas Norhill Harvey, um, I see he's still. I'm not imagining things. He's still 16 to 1 in the place. Um, I would consider him highly likely to go off Fab for this. Highly likely. Well, it's fascinating what they've, what they've done with him now. Um, you know, because everyone was thinking, oh, he'll go for the Oracle. Uh, so the fact that they've decided to go for this yeah. instead has to be of note. And as Tony says, there's a few at the front of the market there that if it is soft, I'll don't touch it, wouldn't walk on it, never mind gallop on it. So mm. um, a few of those will be on the drift big time, even if they they might not even be declared. So I could I that's that's my tip. North Hill Harvey to go off fab. North Hill <laughs> so. Harvey to go just back North Hill Harvey to go off fab, and you you'll be in clover. Uh, Tony. Yeah, same as Kevin there. Okay. And then in that case, uh, let me just say to you, the best each-way bet of the day, gentlemen. And we'll start with Harry Derham. Uh, best each-way bet. At the price, uh, Union East, 25 to 1. Ah, oh oh yes. Happy days. Kevin Blake. Best each-way bet. Go to Tony there, please. I'll be back to you. Um yeah, I'll go with Mr. Judy here in the triumph. It's, it's not a very strong race. Only six or seven can win, and it's probably a pretty decent each way bet. Okay. Kevin? Fucking lads, why couldn't you procrastinate? That was a little bit too fast for you, was it? A little it? bit too fast. I have my nap. My my each way... I'd go with um, Desert Tiger. Okay. For the day that's in it. Obviously, the each way play is... Kevin? Uh, Moon Racer. Oh. And uh, the nap, oh, Kevin Blake. Why am I saying Desert Tiger? Flying Tiger? Jesus. Why did you call me on that? Because it's been a long day for you, Kevin, and a long week in that matter, <laughs> and I didn't tiger. want to be bothering you with it. Um, your nap, Kevin Blake? Um, Apple Shakira. Harry Durham. It was going to be Apple Shakira. Tony Keenan. Oh, the pure stubbornness might bite, I suppose. Burning ambition for me. Um, if the ground conditions are the way they are um, what would if, if Wonderful Charm is not going to go what would you consider as the best of the week for the yard Harry um, that's I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Move of the Time so I really like it no, I no. 
Oh, I wonder, Kevin Blake, has Move of the Times been moved because any second now is just an absolute plot job? <sighs> stop. Yeah? Ah, stop what? No, I can't see it myself, but who knows? All right. Could well. be a gold I, could be, I could be totally wrong with Move of the Times and his, his form might be as good as he is, but I'm sure, I'm not sure, I think we haven't seen the best of him yet. All right. No, I'm very happy to go with you on that one, my friend. Um, and Tony Keenan... What is your best bet of the entire week? Oh, here we go. Oh, Lord. Oh. Best bet of the entire week. Oh, I don't have, I don't have one. Like, ah, I don't, ah, don't give no, me that nonsense. On. Play the game here, Tony. <laughs> I've had loads of these bets, like the uh, level stakes type of thing. I haven't had a mad bet on anything. Someone asked me this last night. I think Sergeant Lieutenant is a really big price for the Ryanair. I know we are making a skit of this the other night. But he's actually been left in at the five days since then. So I assume there might be an intention to run of the of the prices as they are at the minute. Um, I think he's a big price at 16 or 20 to 1. Okay, and what's the horse, what's the novice you're most looking forward to backing? Uh, the novice, I, I, I'm coming around to next destination now against Sam Crow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Probably uh, go for the Albert Bartlett. Oh, God, he, if he does that. He bollocks, he's not going for any Albert Bartlett. There's not a chance of going for the Albert Bartlett. Don't mention the war. Um, and you know what's going to happen? He'll run next destination in the Albert Bartlett and run, run Duke de Geneva and the Ballymore just to sicken you. Oh. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, what I do. I wouldn't think it's a million that the two of them run in the valley more with the way the ground is, to be honest. Yeah, it's a good shout. I hope the, it'd be the right thing with Duke de Geneva, you think now, but uh, there you go. Yeah. Well, uh, with Duke de Geneva, you really don't want to see him over three miles. Well, so and, the, and the owner has um, your fabulous saga for the Albert Bartlett. That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, I know he's got a couple of others as well, but... Mm. And Tony, your best handicap bet of the entire week... Uh, best handicap bet. Oh Jesus! Um, uh, well, I've back, I've backed any second now for the, for this novice race. That that's one that I that I'm on that a bit early, so that's not much good to you now. Um, do you know who I thought was a bit of an, a big price there when I went through the ultimate today? I was chatting to you with this Emmett before. Yep. Jesus, it's a bad it's a bad ultimate now. Uh, Coolstar the Civil is, is the right favourite, um, but the ones chasing them up in the market, uh, Gold Present and Single Farm Payment, I wouldn't think they'd be in love with soft ground. It, it's going to be definitely soft on Tuesday or whatever with anything else. But one horse that they will like it and he loves Cheltenham is the Chantoux Flyer. Um, I wouldn't be saying he's ending savagely well handicapped, but a couple of great runs over two and a half miles there, second to last and third to last start. Um, I don't know old small field making it made a suit him and last day and ridden a bit forward. He's 20s there. And he'd, be, he'd appeal each way, definitely. Yeah, definitely. 20. 20 i think you might be able to sneak 25 still maybe and if so uh, i can definitely see your case there he's too big a price at that um and with that we're done <sighs> you're not getting naps off all of us no i suppose you don't need mine you, you got them day by day even though they're all scuppered now well let's 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 go for your your latest nap so um well because i've been telling everyone about maldini for months and sure it's kind of scuppered now at the ground if it's soft ground i'd be very wary of him unfortunately it might go win anyway, but you'd be much more confident than good the soft ground. You you really would be, and in a way, it's kind of them getting screwed twice, isn't it? Because yeah. like things went so badly for them in the race last year. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm, but I'll probably make my nap in a meeting, just because I can't understand why she's the price still the price she is. She's a bit of blue now, but she's still twelve to one in a few places. Shattered love. Yeah. Mm. I think that's just the wrong price. Yeah. 
Um, I'm, I'm surprised she's still that price. There's, a, there's a few in amongst, still up the top end in the market here that won't be declared. Well, who knows with the, the, the switch switchy and that'll be going on now and, and the, the changing ground. But um, no concerns about ground, stamina, anything for her. Grade one winner. She shouldn't be 12 to 1, lads. And at the end of the day, we should all be have the most confidence in the price in the horse that's, the, you know, that is too, the overpriced to the greatest extent. And that would be the case with her, I think. 100%. Uh, nap of the week for you, Harry Durham. Um, from what I've from what I've seen and what I've heard, Lorena sounds like she can't get beat, can she? Yeah, she's, vi- a, she's vi- a good thing. Certainly, up until a few days ago, the vibes are very strong. Um, and anything else of interest? Anything else that you can give us for the week that would be worth plowing into, just in case it's not going right? And we're desperately trying to figure out well, what do we do. I know, I know, I keep banging on about it, but I am genuinely gutted that the ground is is soft because for our horses, uh, evidence and j- it's pretty well fact that our horses run better on better ground. So I am, I am, not nearly as optimistic as I was um, a couple of weeks ago. A horse um, on Tuesday that will be a big price if you've all had a rubbish day that might be worth. Um, Interest at twenty to one currently is a horse called Ibistura. Oh yeah. On, oh yeah. Yep. On on debut this year when ne- needing it badly, but we had to run him because he he just needed to have a run. He is a Cheltenham Festival winner over two and a half miles. He's only two pound higher than when he uh, won at the festival. I am absolutely convinced this is his trip, not three miles. Um. And a really fast run race, sorry, a really fast run race uh, will suit well. He travels really nicely, touch wood, he's jumping as good. He's 20 to 1, and I am I think he's a much better horse over 2.5 than he is 3. All right, that sounds good to me. Any other questions, Kevin Blake? No, I think that's pretty I actually was going to I was going to ask Harry about that horse I had written down to ask him just to, what way was the reason behind going for this, because I know he was in the four-mailer as well, I think, Harry, wasn't he? Yeah, and he he was in the Ultima as well. Um, what was the reason? Um, well, he's yet to win over fences, so he's still a novice. Um, and Sam got off him at Newbury and said, do you know, I'm not sure whether three miles is his trip. He travels really, really well. Um, and we kind of we kind of went up in a bit just because we thought it was the right uh, right thing to do. But actually... When you look back, his best form is over two and a half miles, and I, I actually think he could run a, a, a decent race. All right, Ibristaru, he's already done it, Cheltenham. Hopefully, he could do it again. Uh, points yeah, of note: don't, give don't go nuts. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying like you know he. I really, really, really fancy him, but I just, I'm really happy that he's going back to two and a half miles, not three. Okay. And just on that theme, lads, because we're close to wrapping up here, that's a good bit of advice in general. Don't go nuts. Yeah, don't go nuts. I know it's easy to get excited. It's Cheltenham. We've been building up to it for for many, many months. But don't let your staking plans and your your, your common sensibilities desert you in this week of all weeks. Uh, Because don't worry, lads. Don't don't talk. We'll be on again next week. We'll be all right. (laughs) Wait, what did you just say? What? What did you say about staking plans? (laughs) Don't let it go out the window. Right. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.
Okay. Look, um, uh, so no, no, I, sorry, can, Tony, can, Tony, just to, just to say, so Johnny Ward joined us on the Matchbook Betting Podcast, and because ching, ching. my colleague uh, Aidan Sully O'Sullivan decided to have 600 on Ireland, I then decided, oh, this now means that I'm in charge of the bankroll for Cheltenham, I can do what I want. So 500 on Footpad, 400 on Apples Jade, 300 Bouvedere, 50 win, 50 place, Mengele can. You've done totally the Fif- wrong thing. 50 you're win, 50 place, plotting shit. You're basically telling me I've just your destroyed your myself. Your staking plan has just gone all over the shop. You might get lucky this time, Kennedy, but that is not a sensible move in the long term. But listen to the podcast to find out the <laughs> reasons why. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cor- uh, <laughs> your point there, Tony Keenan. Oh, no, I, I was going to say, look, I agree with Kevin wholeheartedly. Like, you, don't, you don't want to lose the head, but by Jesus, it's hard, it's hard to stop yourself at times. Like, the, the amount of bets I have had now, I did, no, I did basically nothing anti-post, I'd say, up to the start of February. And I have just been back in horses the last two or three weeks. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy. I'm quite happy at the minute. The, the vast majority of them have shortened. Um, I'm, I'm not worried. There's no horse that back. Too many horse that are back. The ground has gone terrible. Look at. Um, I'd be all for responsible gambling. No, a lot of people think. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I knew someone's going to laugh straight away at that. Like this gambling is a can be a serious problem for people, and, and I would be all for responsible well gambling. But uh, sorry, I must say I seen this. But as a punter. <laughs> Um, no, no, uh, Kevin. You know, yeah, I, I actually do take this seriously on the subject of responsible gambling because I, th- I think the gambling industry as a whole is nowhere near responsible as it should be. But if you're trying to get a few quid, which which we are, um, Cheltenham is a good week to have a go. Now, may- maybe with the soft ground, that's that's a bit of a problem. But there is some savage value out there. I think there's loads of weird stuff going on in markets. I was just talking to someone today about something. Um, I think there's loads of horses who are wickedly on the price for loads of weird reasons. Like, that, that horse in the bumper train by Gordon Elliott that uh, Jigginstown have, like he's he's eight or nine to one in the bumper because people think there's no way Jigginstown would run him unless he was he was very good. Yeah. Like, that's, that's totally illogical. Yeah. Um, like that makes no sense. Of course they're gonna run him. He's just suitable for the race. Like there's loads of I think there's lots of things like that, weird things like that are that typically shouldn't be reflected in markets that are and that should create a bit of value. Um and have a go, but but do try to don't lose the cool and don't have you. But for Jesus' sake, don't have your biggest better like better the year in the fucking grand annual. The only lad that should be having the biggest better the year in the grand annual is the lad that owns North Hill Harvey or something like that. <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're sitting queuing up and, and backing six horses in the grand annual, just, just stop, lads. Jesus, don't do that. And this is this is I I've been there, so like, that's why I'm talking about this. That's why I'm laughing. Exactly, we've all learned that lesson. Cool yeah. the Jets a bit, so. Anyway. Yeah. No, in, enjoy yourself. And listen, I'm going to advocate for it again. Best way of enjoying this is um, small stakes to win big. Yeah, stop. Well, I would, as a general piece of advice, I would I would say to people, if you, and some people like to play late, just as a general piece of advice with a meeting like this, lads, I, I think because the temptations, I think, that, that we all are familiar with um, in betting, I think they're just heightened because there's so much emotion and expectation at Cheltenham. If you want a small bit of advice, and d- don't listen to me if you don't want to, but I would suggest have your bets in the morning and throw away the laptop and watch the race and then enjoy it. Win Great or lose. And, go- uh, uh, and, and just one, what Kevin says, 100% that is correct. Yeah. I did a piece of the Weatherby's Gate and I'm just ta- I'm talking pure purely on mathematical stuff and when you beat the market, you are far better having a bet before 11 or half 11 in the morning than waiting till the afternoon. Yeah. And you're pr- 
And for a lot of people, you're going to be more sober in the morning too and more sort of maybe reflective about the thing. Very good advice, Kevin. Yeah, that, I, I just think it... it... It, it removes a lot of the complications because as, as we all know it's hard to make decisions at times so if you make your decisions in the morning have your bets get them all matched up or if you're on an exchange or whatever you do and just throw away the computer don't worry about logging onto your phone looking at things afterwards and if you're right you're right if you're wrong you're wrong and leave it at that yep. because the, obviously Cheltenham is not a good place to go on the chase that's the, you know we're never, we're never, there's no such thing as a good place to go on the chase but Cheltenham with all the emotion with all the expectation with the amount of people that will be nattering in your ear about this tip and that tip and who they were talking to blah 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 leave it out lads it's just not a good place to get to get into that sort of a downward cycle uh, spiral cycle whatever you want spiral um, it's it's not good so a little bit of common sense lads and this is their greatest show on turf enjoy it and that's the whole point just and, enjoy and it and do enjoy it because before you know it it's going to be Friday evening and it's going to be all behind us for another 360 something odd days yeah. uh, enjoy it because it's absolutely brilliant um, and don't get too up or down based on your bet and take in the race and as we all love a bet but this is the best that our sport can offer in terms of, of, of action on the track take it in don't make it all about the betting unless you really have to and uh, enjoy yourself lads enjoy I've had my phone and that's all that matters <laughs> and lads if you want to load up the, if you want to load up the, the, the magazine in, in advance of Tuesday have a few bob on war room with Dundalk tomorrow up whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Advocate responsible gambling, <laughs> and then he goes and tips up war room. Oh, stop! <laughs> Get the whole Cheltenham kitty on war room, lads, and we'll see you in Dubai. He got a yoke of a ride from a bad draw the last day, lads. Oh. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, we were there in ATR watching that race, uh, very well, and I can tell you it wasn't the best of rides. It's anyway. his time, lads. Yeah, it is. It's his time to shine. <laughs> Deary me. That's it. That's it, folks. We're done. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, thank you so much for having the podcast so high in the Apple podcast oh, charts as well. Doing your charts. <laughs> two. Sorry, actually, number one, uh, number two, number six, number ten on Apple Podcasts. Astonishing. Thank you very, very much. Much obliged. Really appreciate it. It's going to be a big week for Kevin and myself at Cheltenham. It's going to be a big week for Tony Keenan. It's going to be a huge week for Harry Derham. The very best of luck. Uh, to the team everybody who's contributed to the podcast thank you so so much for listening the very best of luck to you as well for the week I hope you have a fantastic week at Cheltenham it is the greatest show on turf it's finally here now let's just go and enjoy it uh, Harry Derham thanks so much for joining us looking forward to talking to you again very soon pleasure thanks very much traps Tony Keenan you legend we'll have you on again very soon Thanks, Emmett. Thanks, and best luck with your ATV job, lads. Thank you, my Cheers, friend. Tony. We're on about 20 past 10 on the opening show, we're going to be on. Is that right? Yeah, if, yeah. We, if we make it that far. Yeah, if, if we make it that far, that is. About 20 past Kennedy 10. Kennedy going through airports, lads. Anything can happen. Didn't ping <laughs> once. Didn't <laughs> ping once. Uh, heading over and back to Sandown. So. But with Kevin, I will ping, because it just seems to be his effect. Um, Kevin Blake, sterling work. Looking forward to it. Oh, Seth, now let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Harry Derham, all the best for the week at Cheltenham. Thanks very much. Same to you. And we will see you there, my friend. And thank you so much for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you again very, very soon on the Final Forum podcast. Nick Luck joins us to review it. Lydia Hislop is going to be on that week as well. It's going to be a busy week. We'll chat to you then. God bless. The Final Furlong podcast is sponsored by Unibet. Sign up now using code ATR-30 to get your welcome offer. BeGambleAware.org. 18 plus.
Your ultimate guide to the Cheltenham Festival is now available for you at attheraces.com forward slash Cheltenham. This year's mega site is complete with race cards, anti-post odds, stable tours and tips from our top team, dark horses for the festival and those all-important stats guides to keep the final furlong team happy. Barry Geraghty will also be back with his exclusive blog on all four days. Visit attheraces.com forward slash Cheltenham today and prepare properly for the biggest week of your year.